Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the insurance specialists at BrightThink Wealth Strategies. Find the disability insurance coverage that fits you best right now. Email Robert Smith at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. The show is also made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit crnafinancialplanning.com. We'd also like to thank Helping Hands and OSA EMR for their support of the show. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out the CE Credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7. Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years, a past president of the ANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles. As usual, our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs, and I think our topic today is definitely going to do that. And Sharon, what time is it? It's time to wake up, Jeremy. I think it is. Well, good evening, Sharon Pierce. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Like the virtual studio here, you know, we're we're getting to be pros at this. I know, but you know, we're picking up and taping all the people that we were going to tape in Austin. We had us a room down there. I was looking so excited to doing that, but this is the next best thing, I guess. Yep. Yep. We'll, we'll do the best that we can. You know, it seems like the last year we've all had to do the best that we can. Yes, that's exactly right. And that includes us learning how to take these over Zoom instead of sitting in the studio. So, But I really miss being in the studio with you, Jeremy. I know, I do too. I do too. Well, I'm looking forward to this topic tonight and our guest. And we have with us tonight, Mr. Sean Collins. Welcome, Sean. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so you're in California now. You used to be here in North Carolina with us for a little while. 24 years in North Carolina. Yeah, just yep. a little while. I mean, you know, that's that's, a, that's not too long, is it? He misses us. Be, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> we can tell he misses uh, us. But I'm really excited about this topic. He gave this lecture at Austin, so I've listened to it on the on-demand piece of the meeting, and it's it's really good. So I'm really excited about this tonight. Jeremy. Yeah, so our topic is leading up. How to lead when you're not in charge. And I have to admit, I, you know, I read through this and I'm truly fascinated with this topic as well. Sean, for our listeners that don't know you, why don't you just give them a little bit of a brief background about where you've been, where you're at, and uh, what you're doing these days? Well, after graduating anesthesia in 1995 from UT Chattanooga, uh, we moved to North Carolina. We're there in Asheville for 24 years, spent 13 years as the director of Started up the WCU anesthesia program and, and was director for 13 years. Also spent some time in leadership roles there with the School of Nursing as associate director and then associate director of the 
College of Health and Human Sciences. And then, um, you know, we just felt the calling to do something else. And we uh, moved out to California two years ago and been here as the associate dean for graduate programs in the School of Nursing at Loma Linda University. And really enjoyed that my time doing that. And there are unique challenges associated with that, as you can imagine. And it's been a great experience. That's great. And, you know, we talked a little bit beforehand. You're enjoying the California weather out there and probably making us all jealous right now. How, what's the temperature out there? Well, my house is about 84, but down at, uh, at my office, it's about 100 degrees. Oh. And if you get down to Palm Springs, where I occasionally do some clinical practice, it's usually this time of year about 114, 115 degrees. So. Well, you're not making me jealous now. Okay, we're good. Yeah. Well, you know, you come out there and you come out there in the winter though, when it's in the season, you can go out and play golf. It's not so bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sean, tell us a little bit, you know, about this topic and why you think this is so important for CRNAs. Well, you know, particularly if you're in a anesthesia care team environment, it can I think sometimes be a challenge to convince others of what you think needs to be done, right? Or or you see what needs to be done, but you're not in a position of power, you know, and, and by power, I mean, you have a title and, you know, director of anesthesia, whatever, uh, you're not on the right committees. So it's hard to get people to see your vision of what you think needs to be done, even though you may not have legitimate power. And so how do you then take that and lead not just the people below you, but the people above you to get things done and change things for the good and not just of the department, but for maybe the medical system or the hospital system that you're in. So I think it's important for CRNAs to understand from that perspective, you know, how to get things changed because you cannot improve things if you're not changing things. So this kind of sounds, there used to be an older term for this, informal power. Or is that the same? Well, as we went over in the presentation for the AANA meeting, you know, there are different types of power. And I guess you could say it's informal power, but it's, it's really not, that's really not one of the types of power. You're really talking about referent power, which is being likable, right? And then the other one is expert power, where you demonstrate you are the expert in a certain thing. Mm -hmm. And so people respect you for that. And those are really the two types of power that we can have without having an official title or, or being in a, a position of power. Okay. All right. So you just talked about a couple of types of power. Are there any more types than the two that you just alluded to? And what should we know about those? Well, the others are information power, which are data, right? And mm -hmm. everybody knows that data is, is key in a lot of the situations. So the problem is, is, again, talking about power, with CRNA in our position, sometimes we don't have access to the data. We don't have, for example, the financial data that may we may need to make an informed decision or you know that sort of thing. There's obviously coercive power, which is not a good type of power because it's really telling people to do it or else, right? You know, what mm -hmm. are the consequences if you don't do this? And that would be coercive power. And uh, there's you legitimate said power. You said coercive, not corrosive, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that like might be the same thing. <laughs> yep. And um, then there's position, not positional power, legitimate power. Uh -huh. Well, that usually is positional power, though. So I think that's probably right. Yeah. 
And then there's reward power. Reward power involves giving benefits to people for doing something, right? And that could be a bonus for meeting a certain metric and that sort of thing. And a lot of times we're not in a, a position as a CRNA to give rewards, right? Because we're not, you know, maybe if you're the chief CRNA, you could work on that, but but not as just a, a staff CRNA. And those are all the powers. So it's basically going from coercive power, reward power, legitimate power, and then expert and referent powers, which are the two that we really can influence regardless of, of any position that we may or may not have. And then informational power, which we if we have access to the information, obviously, it's like thinking about your, if you're talking about negotiating, and I learned this from Harvard Business School, where you talk about knowing your BATNA, which is B-A-T-N-A, which is best alternative to negotiating an agreement. If you know what your BATNA is, you should know what your BATNA mm-hmm. is. So if you can't get this, what is your best alternative? Mm-hmm. But it's it's even better if you know the other person's BATNA. What is their best alternative to negotiating agreement? Mm-hmm. If you know what theirs is, then you have you have some leverage, right? And so that's information. And sometimes we do have information. Sometimes we don't have access to that information. But the two we always have, and we can control our expert power and referent power. Mm-hmm. So Sean, what is leading up? Can we talk about that for a minute? Sure. So leading up is uh, obviously leadership is influence, right? And you want to influence other people around you. And leading up is taking that influence and influencing those who are above you in the hierarchy to make positive changes for the good of your organization. So it's leading those above you, influencing those above you to make changes for the good of the organization. And it's about getting others to follow you out of respect and commitment rather than fear and compliance, right? So again, thinking about the types of power, uh, you don't want to do it out of coercion, right? So it's out of respect and commitment rather than fear and compliance. That sounds a little bit like advocacy. I mean, you know, you're influencing somebody who, quote unquote, is above you, who has power when you're talking to legislators. So would you see it something like that, too, Sean? Yeah, I mean, there's the old saying where you're you're your own best advocate, you know, and I'm really referring more to a system change. Mm -hmm. uh, But advocacy is certainly a part of it. And I think from a student perspective, you know, we try to influence, I tell my students, you have got to get involved with committees because if, again, another old saying, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu Mm -hmm. and you have got to get in those boardrooms. And, you know, I was asked, I was surprised actually, because I had, I had a interesting interaction with a chief nursing officer who wanted to bring AAs into one of my clinical sites and speaking with a, a mentor of mine at East Carolina University, Maura McAuliffe, she gave me some good advice that I took and said, okay, we're going to pull our students because you bringing in AA students creates competition for my students. And they ask in their interviews, is there competition with other learners? I now have to tell them yes, and I'm not going to have that. So we're pulling our students. The next day I had the chief nursing officer in my office and said, please, please, please don't pull your students. And so he said, you know, we'll pull the AA students. They were only here for two months. We won't have them anymore after that. And a year later, he gave my name to the CEO to be on the hospital board, uh, which really surprised me. I guess it was, I guess he gained something good out of that experience, even though I, I stood up for our students. But getting onto that hospital board was amazing to see what occurs on those boards with all these physicians on there and you know, they're there to protect themselves. They're not there to protect us. 
So mm-hmm. the, the students need to get on there and, and advocate for their profession and for their jobs. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. So what, what else was a learning piece to being on the hospital board besides what you just talked about, about all the physicians being on there? Anything else that you took away from that experience? Because I bet there are very few CRNAs who can say that they've had that opportunity, Sean. Yeah, you know, my biggest pet peeve is the brotherhood protecting the brotherhood. And, you know, one experience on there was where the chief of staff brought a physician forward because they had done something they probably shouldn't have done. And then this physician went down the road of, oh, well, that's just the way he was trained 20 years ago. And of course, there are quite a few physicians on the board. And I raised my hand and I said, I don't care how he was trained 20 years ago. Today, we use evidence-based practice. And this is not a bad thing that this outside organization did an audit and found this case because there's a system problem that we need to fix. And afterwards, there was a vote and everyone voted in favor of discipline at that point. And the CEO came up to me afterwards and said, I don't know what just happened. Because he thought for sure they were all going to go down the normal road of protecting themselves, and they didn't. And I says because they don't want to be shown up by a nurse. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it was interesting. And I had a, a couple of other interactions like that that just it opened my eyes to what's going on in there. And and it probably would have been a lot worse if I hadn't been sitting there, because they wouldn't have had. It was the first time this hospital had a nurse on the board. And it was, I think, eye-opening for some of the physicians. Well, I think you said it right there. The first time they had had a nurse on their board. I think that that's really key. So going back to leading up, are there certain important things that you can do in order to lead up? Yeah. So the first thing is you want to be able to lead yourself. Now, some of this comes back to my, my background in emotional intelligence, you know, but you want to, you want to be in control of yourself, be in control of your emotions. Don't get riled up. Sometimes that's what the surgeon wants. The reason I got in, involved with emotional intelligence was doing a triple A AAA repair with a cardiac surgeon and, you know, had done all the usual things, loaded up the patient before unclamping and, and shutting off an eye, probably turning the Neo back on, you know, for when the, the blood pressure drops. Mm-hmm. Well, the blood pressure dropped as soon as he unclamped and about 15 seconds, he looked up and saw that blood pressure drop, but I had already treated the blood pressure and he went off the deep end yelling and screaming. And, and I said, well, I've already treated this in about 15 seconds. You're going to see it's fine. For years afterwards, I never once had a, a problem with that surgeon. And I think it's because I did not respond the way that he wanted me to respond, which was to yell back and get into a confrontation. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to do it. So you want to lead yourself and be in control of yourself and think about, you want to think critically, stay motivated. Um, and there are, there are different ways that you can stay motivated. 
And those, some of those may be very individualistic. You want to be focused. You stay focused. Don't get distracted from where you're, tr- what you're trying to do. So you want to establish an agenda and prioritize things. You want to um, remember number one, that your greatest resource is your people. I think some hospitals, they see, sometimes they just see uh, the numbers and they don't think about the people and they get into a bad spiral where they, you know, I saw a hospital where they brought in outside consultants. How can we save money? They said, the first thing you can do, your, your biggest cost is your nurses. You need to lay off some of your nurses and give early retirement. They did that a year later. They were rehiring those same nurses that they had given early retirement to because they realized they can't function without the nurses, right? So your greatest resource is your people. You want to be a leader, not a manager. You know, it's about visions and leading out in front more so than just telling people what to do. That would be more like managing, like task-oriented type stuff is managing. Learn how to communicate well. You want to be persuasive, tell stories because that really helps people remember points. And don't forget that if people come up with a great idea, and it may not be you, but you think, oh, that's a great idea. But people then, that's the end of it. What are you going to do about it? Who's going to take the horns of this? How are we going to get this done, right? And so make sure you just execute and don't just uh, come up with ideas. So those are some ways that you might lead yourself or lead up. Sean, is there a better way to implement ideas now that you mentioned that? A better way to implement ideas, I think, you know, I'm a big fan of situational leadership, which is if you have a given, you should know the strengths of the people you work with or the people who may be answer to you. And given the, a given problem may be ideal for a certain person on your team. So you want to know what their strengths are in order to assign the right person to get that thing done. So I, I would probably go down that route where that might be the better way of getting things done. It's about relationships. Sharon knows this, you know, you want to build those relationships with people. And that doesn't just mean showing up on somebody's doorstep when you need something. You don't want to go into the CEO's office and you say, I need this. And even if you come with the data, it's not going to help you as much as if you have taken the time to build up a relationship and gotten to know your CEO rather than just showing up on his doorstep and saying, I have a solution to your problem. Yeah, and Sean, you mentioned earlier, you know, you have a a background in emotional intelligence. And, you know, for our listeners who might not have been as familiar with that, can you talk about that for a few minutes? Because I think that is a lot of what we're talking about has to do with EI. Yeah, so emotional intelligence is all about knowing your emotions and what your emotional buttons are but also recognizing the emotions of others around you. For example, that cardiac surgeon. And Mm -hmm. I I mean, I know what pushed his button. The the blood pressure was dropping, but I also knew something he didn't know, which was I had already treated it. And so so I didn't respond in a way that he wanted, that he was upset, and I knew why he was upset. So I didn't have to, to yell back. And so it's just, it's the, then taking that information, both your emotions, their emotions, and taking the time to stop and think about them before you respond, because our emotions go through our amygdala and we get, a, it, it wants to respond much quicker than we have time for our frontal cortex to then process the problem and come up to a rational decision, right? So emotional, we get emotionally hijacked, if you will. And so that's really emotional intelligence. And it's understanding your emotions, understanding the other person's emotions in order to have a good outcome for everybody. Sharon, have you ever uh, you ever had any issues with that? 
Has my emotions ever been hijacked? Wait, I've been married 38 years. What do you think the answer to this is? You know, I've been around you long enough to answer that, you know, myself, but... uh. Yeah, but I mean, not only do you know people's strengths, you know people's weaknesses, their buttons, and, you know, we all push everybody else's buttons sometimes, especially the people closest to you. (laughs) Sean, do you guys do a, a lot of emotional intelligence evaluation with your students and so forth nowadays? You know, I know Duke was one of the first programs. I spoke on emotional intelligence um, probably back in 2013 after I finished my PhD, my dissertation on emotional intelligence. And I know Duke started using it for interviews with students. And now Loma Linda also, even before I came here, based on <laughs> based on my work, and then they started working with Duke implemented emotional intelligence questions into their interview processes. Mm -hmm. So we do have the data on that. We just, I've been encouraging the CRNA faculty here to write it up and they're working on that to show if it made a difference with our student selection. And so that's really the extent. Plus we have training on it within our, um, within our program here as well. That's pretty cool. You know, I just finished up my DMP at Yale and the chancellor, I guess, whoever's the highest up there uh, at Yale, Peter Salovey was one of the people who did some of the original research on yep. emotional intelligence. Yeah. Meyer Salovey and Caruso um, were the three guys that did the MSEI EIT test. And that is the model that I used actually, you know, you have Daniel Goleman's model and then Meyer Slovy Crusoe's model. And then you have the Israeli psychologist, Reuven Baran. Mm-hmm. And those are the three different models of emotional intelligence. As a CRNA, you spend years preparing yourself for this career, so we don't want to see you lose out on any of the income you've worked so hard to earn. The best way to protect yourself and give you the confidence that a major life event won't disrupt your financial future is through disability insurance. We've known disability income specialist Robert Smith for many years and have seen the work he's done with nearly 2,000 CRNAs over multiple decades. He can help identify any gaps in your existing coverage and fill those gaps by finding the best value on a policy. Contact Robert and let him know you heard about him on our podcast. Send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com. Or call him at 504-394-6557. Protect your greatest asset as a CRNA, yourself and your ability to earn a living by adding disability insurance to your financial plan. How do you master leadership? Do you think leaders are born? You think you can learn how to be a leader? Speak to that just a little bit, Sean. Yeah, I do not believe you're born with it. I think that it can most certainly be learned without a doubt. You know, it takes time, but you know, you should be learning something every new, I mean, new every day. And that certainly goes for leadership. You should never stop learning. Uh, If you really want to be a good leader, it's a continuous process. It's a lifelong process. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. It takes practice. It takes study. But I think that maybe some people already have some qualities that set them apart and maybe put them ahead of the game, but that doesn't mean that other people can't catch up on that game. Yeah, and I, you know, I think as I know CRNAs the way I, I know CRNAs and the type A personalities, and you know, if you're not careful with a type A personality and you can't control those emotions, you can be 
viewed in a different light. You can come across in a different way. And, you know, I think all this stuff is extremely important for our CRNAs to hear, not only because you're in an operating room with probably other type A personalities, be it surgeons and anesthesiologists, and how you interact and do things with that group of folks can definitely play on the outcome for the patient as well. Right. And, you know, I had a, this was, I think, in Arizona, there was a, a nurse, a CRNA, who was testifying before a subcommittee, and the head of the State Anesthesiology Society was there, and, you know, she just let him shoot himself in the foot because she presented the facts. She was very calm, very collected, did a great job, and he got so upset because she was pointing out where he was wrong, but it was it was making him upset, and so Obviously, that demonstrates to people around you that that um, you're getting to somebody, right? And and maybe what they're saying isn't quite truthful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, and I, and I think this is again all good stuff. So as we kind of bring this together, Sean, is there anything you kind of want to conclude on or wrap up here for our audience? Well, again, my emphasis is making sure that they, you understand, everybody understands that leadership takes a lifetime. And you know, if you wanted to start somewhere, I would probably start by looking at the different leadership theories and see which one speaks to you. You know, you can be servant leadership, situational leadership. You know, they also talk about transformational leadership. There's transactional leadership, which I probably wouldn't recommend to anybody. But, you know, I would be careful with transformational leadership. I think people, they hear transform, right? And they and they think, oh, I want to transform things. And that's great. But I would caution people to, that, that one of the things for transformational leadership, that's sort of a, a quality that you need is charisma. You know, so most, a lot of charismatic people are transformational leaders, but the problem is, is, you know, Hitler was a transformational leader. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to follow somebody just because they're charismatic and, and they can right. take you right over the cliff. Right. So, but it's a lifetime learning opportunity and, you know, emotional intelligence great. It, it does tie in a little bit with this when you think about leading up because, you know, a lot of it is communication and persuasive communication and make sure you're executing. Don't forget to take great ideas and, and come up with a plan and agenda for getting it done. Uh, it's like looking at the Kellogg Foundation puts out this thing called the logic model. And it's basically looking at where the endpoint is. What do you want to be? Where do you want to be? What is your end goal? And then working your way back to figure out how you're going to get there. So set that plan out. So you're not just letting the tides take you where they will, you know, and just stay focused on it. Yeah. That's great stuff. And, you know, I, I think that's stuff every one of our listeners needs to hear. So, Sean, thank you so much for this. And now we're going to move to Sharon's favorite part of all the podcasts. This was her idea. Then we have something called the lightning round, Sean. So we're just going to ask you a few questions and you just answer whatever comes to the top of your head. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I get the first question. What's your superpower? Superpower. I would probably say listening. Mm. Listening. Very good. Good one. Yeah. All right, Sean, what are you grateful for right now? Grateful for right now, my family. Very good. So if you had one year left to live, what would you do? I would move to Lauterbrunn in Switzerland. Mm. Move to Switzerland. Oh, it's my favorite place in the whole world. It's just peaceful and beautiful, surrounded by these Alps. It's just gorgeous. 
and they eat cheese every day. How can you go wrong? Oh, well, there you have <laughs> Do it. Do they drink One wine too, favorite. or is it is that okay there? Yeah, I don't drink, but you're welcome to. Okay. All right, good. So <laughs> so Sharon and I could go there and we'd be fine, Sharon. Yeah, we'll be fine. <laughs> uh, all right, Sean, if you won the lottery, what would you do? I would improve anesthesia in developing countries. Oh, good one. That's very good. Very so good. donate to Helping Hands. That's what Jackie Rolls' foundation is all about. Well, helping yeah. get people to get their education. Well, um, I, I chair the steering committee for health volunteers overseas, nursing oh, yeah. anesthesia division. So that's right. where I get in and, and Adventist Health International. Very nice. Well, thank right. you for doing that. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I love it. Well, Sean, we first we want to just thank you for being on the show tonight. Thank you for all this this information and and for all you've done for the nurse anesthesia community. I mean, you you've been around for a while. You you've done a lot of different things and you've fostered and ushered in a, you know a lot of great students. And you know we want to thank you for that as well. Yeah, it's been a great career to me, and and I'm happy to mentor those who are up and coming. And I look at that as my legacy. That's good. Well, Sharon, I think it's a wrap. I think so. We want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mass with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. If you like our show and want to see it grow, Sharon, what are some ways they can help us grow the show? They can like us, leave us a review, but only if it is positive. Yes. Enough negativity in the world, right? I know. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? And tell all of your friends about us. And, you know, we just won the AANA PR Award this year. We did. Super excited about that. Yes, we are. Going to hang that plaque on the wall. You know, that's kind of old hat for you. But, you know, what is this, your third time winning it or something? Uh, Third or fourth, somewhere along. For me, I'm excited, you know. Well, we'll hang the plaque (laughs) on the wall in the studio, so it'll be cool. That's right. Well, you know, we're in the top 50 medical podcasts consistently in the U.S., and our goal is to be in the top 10. So help us do it. Until next time. It's a wrap. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Have you thought about what would happen if you weren't able to work for two or three years? You know, on average, 25% of people will file a disability claim, and most of us aren't prepared for that loss of income. Every CRNA needs to protect their biggest asset, yourself and your ability to earn with a disability insurance policy. We recommend contacting Robert Smith, a master disability insurance specialist with more than 30 years of experience and 1,800 CRNA clients to find the coverage that fits you best. The best way to do that is to send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com. Or call him at 504-394-6557. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, 
a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support. OSA EMR is a free anesthesia EMR developed by CRNAs that you can download and use on an iPad. Our nonprofit mission is to make sure that solo and small practice CRNAs can digitally record their anesthetics. To learn more, visit OSAEMR.com to download and consider donating to our cause. Remember, for CRNAs, data is destiny. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.